0: Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophyte's podcast. We're going to talk some last-minute stunners. Has City won the league already? Captain America breaks a heart. Soccer Neophyte Derby revenge. And we will discuss at length who will be most affected by AFCON. Gentlemen, how goes it? Hey,
1: hey. What up, mate?
0: What up, guys? Kemi is Not still much. out. Um, so we have with us Tim and Chris, fully capable men to discuss the Premier League at the Neophyte level, which is the level we are all very accustomed to.
2: That's right. Um,
0: this was a wild weekend of matches. Um, when we talk about some of the last minute stuff later on, I will tell you why it was especially significant for me on new year's Eve, but, or on uh, new year's day. Um, but let's, uh, let's jump kind of right into some of that. Um, we had Tottenham scoring right at the end of, of, the match off a corner kick. Um, We had city scoring right at the end, coming back from being down one nil. We had West Ham going up three nil and nearly uh, losing it to, to crystal palace Uh, wolves today, not quite last minute, but, but 80, 81st, 82nd minute winner by Matinho, very exciting weekend. And then, of course, uh, Chelsea Liverpool with a pretty epic 2-2 draw with lots of drama, lots of excitement. Liverpool going up 2-0, Chelsea figuring out a way to battle back, um, and each of them taking a point. But uh, let's let's start with – well, let me let me just start with why – some of those last minute winners were so significant for me personally. Uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the betting uh, that, that we've done. And I had this $50 free bet. And on one of the sites, they offered uh seven to one odds that city Tottenham, Leicester and West ham would win. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's it actually is rarer than you would think that all those teams win on a weekend, but it felt right. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw $50. I'll throw my $50 free bet on that. So I did that early in the weekend. And then late new year's Eve, I saw that Leicester the Leicester match got canceled and I, I was, it was very late at night and I definitely had some cocktails. So I, I wasn't like perfectly in the best state of mind, but I was like, shoot, I feel so good about this bet. I don't want to lose out on it. What are they going to do about the Leicester match? And I went to that same website and saw they were offering a new, nothing would have happened to my bet, but I saw that they had offered a new bet, which was five to one odds uh, that city West Ham and Tottenham would win. So they'd gotten rid of the Leicester one. And there was a new bet with that. And I had $30 in my account. And I was like, I'll throw $30 on that. (laughs) Went to bed. Like I said, super late New Year's Eve. I'm old, so I can't sleep in like I used to. So I I woke up, I don't know, early morning. And I was like, oh, I wonder what the score of this Oh, and I woke up and I was like, what? Why in the heck did I add another $30 to that? I'm such an idiot. Like, I'm sure they're just going to remove the Lester one and keep the bet normal. So now I've made the same bet twice. This was totally dumb. What was I thinking? Then I wake up really early and see uh, that Arsenal is up 1-0. And I'm like, you're so stupid. So went back to sleep, uh, fell asleep for like another 45 minutes, woke up. So I was one, one like into extra time. So I was like, I couldn't go back to sleep. So I walk out into the living room, turn it on just in time to see Rodri pulling his shirt off and celebrating. So I was like, okay, okay, maybe this will work out. And so, uh, sure enough, the day progresses. I really don't get to watch much, much soccer. I've got the kids and the family and everything happening. So, uh, I see Tottenham's nil-nil and I'm like, gosh, dang, into like the 90 plus three minute. And I'm like, dang it. I totally lost this. I'm an idiot. So I leave, I don't even check my phone for like another two hours. (laughs) I come back to my phone. I'm like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on in in soccer. Turn it on. Saw that Tottenham had won and then saw West Ham was up three nil. (laughs) Holy crap. I'm going to freaking win this thing. I'm texting Chris, sending him screenshots. This is amazing. Uh, go out, uh, come back, see that West Ham wins three to two with some late goals and some late drama. So uh, I won $530 on New Year's Day. Great way Dude. to start the weekend. Very stupidly, I felt like those those bets, but very fun. Um, all that to to say that it was a very exciting weekend of soccer of which I did not actually see much of.
2: So when are you taking us out to dinner?
0: Mm. I already bought myself some new shoes. Ah. I bought Emily some shoes. So most of not most of the money, this is, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but my, I've been doing great with, with uh, sports betting and all of my, my winnings or most of my winnings I'm putting into the bank to hopefully go to England for premier league next December. So that's what I'm trying to save my money for. So I'll take you out to dinner in England if we're all okay. able to go. Sounds good. Some fish and chips.
1: So it's all going to England, other than the shoes, your wife's shoes, the PS5 for the kids. And our dinner. And our dinner. <laughs> that's how much I've won though, Chris. So that's
0: that's saying that's saying a lot. So
1: Um, Yeah, here's what I will warn you. I will warn you to maybe lighten up the betting for this week because once you've boasted about a good gambling run, the only thing that's coming is a horrible gambling
0: run. So just be careful. Well, I lost (laughs) literally every one of my NFL bets this weekend. (laughs) Every single one. The difference is those were all $5 bets. I just happened to be really dumb and get really lucky with my big bets. So (laughs) But I think the bigger, the bigger thing that this leads to all of those last minute stunners, last minute winners really leads to this point. And that is cities win against Arsenal, really unfortunate for Arsenal. I know, Chris, you don't want to talk about them anymore, but Arsenal taking the lead. <laughs> there was a little, there was some keeper uh, controversy in both those match- matches as well. Ederson coming out taken out a uh arsenal player there was no penalty call both of them loris in the spurs match as well really close um could have gone probably either way but um but city coming back taking the three points from from that arsenal match uh puts them really in the driver's seat and it feels like we blanked and all of a sudden, what was really close top of table between Chelsea, Liverpool, and City, now has City up what? How many? Up ten. Up over ten. Chelsea. Up ten points. I mean, eleven
2: over Liverpool, though Liverpool does have a game in hand still. Liverpool
0: has a game in hand. I mean, guys, is is there any hope for Liverpool, Tim?
2: I, I want to say yes because we're at the midway point of the season, just barely past the midway point. Um, it's like inevitably someday City will fall apart, whether that's like this spring or ten years from now. But uh, I mean, it's really hard to come back if you're down. I mean, let's say let's say Liverpool wins the next game back. Uh, after the international break, uh, or after the uh, the Cup, they're eight points back, right? So, like, yeah. is eight points insurmountable? I mean, the way City's playing right now, it feels like eight points is insurmountable. And the way Chelsea and Liverpool are playing, it feels like they're not going to catch them anytime soon. So, uh, I want to hold out hope, but right now I'm feeling like it's a race for second.
1: Chris? Yeah, it's hard to uh, disagree with any of that. As I got to experience from the pole position last year when United came out so strong, had a lead, and then it was right around this time where City just took off and just trounced the rest of the league. So I don't know if they can win 22 straight games again like they did last year. That's just insane to win win that many in a row so I don't know if they can do that again but this team is stupid they're just stupid good they're they don't even have like a true you know frontline striker and they're still just scoring whenever they want and beating everyone so it's like yeah they have an amazing collection of talent they have a great head coach who's put together a system that just works beautifully for them and it's it's hard to see them it's hard enough to see them losing a match, let alone many matches, that will lead to someone catching them.
2: Their goal differential, to your point, about not having a frontline scorer and yet scoring buckets of goals. Like they've scored their goal differential is 40 through 21 games. <laughs> so over the course of the season, including a couple losses, they're averaging winning by two goals. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it's
0: yeah. it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. It's, that's tough to come back from. I, what to me, to me, what's most striking is the whiplash of it all. Like yeah. how quickly they jumped to this 10 point lead. Yeah. I mean, and really it's heartbreaking as like a non city fan or as a fan of just the premier league in general. And, and it really felt like this was a season where a four, it felt like a four horse race. Right. Yeah. United obviously is, has underperformed and they kind of dropped out and um, Chelsea and Liverpool, it felt like had the, had the horsepower to keep up, but now you just look at it and you're like, I, I just don't see those te- teams being able to come back from it.
2: Well, and really doesn't it feel like we were just talking about Tuchel and Chelsea and what a tactician he is and how this is like the well-oiled machine and it is, you know, everything's working, um, and of course, Liverpool have never been far from that conversation, but it felt like just a couple of weeks ago that we were saying that about Chelsea.
0: Well, here like here's what's crazy is Chelsea is unbeaten in five, but they have four draws.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Liverpool has won four of five. There's but they're still off the pace. Like it
2: No, Liverpool's won two of the last five and then two draws.
0: Oh, two draws. Yep. That's right. They had one loss out of the last five. So eight so, eight
2: points in the last five.
0: But that's how quickly this can yeah. go out of yep. hand. City wins five in a row. And you get a couple draws and a loss and that's it, right? You don't see and it would rec- it would require City to having a having a similar run, right? Couple draws, a loss and then Liverpool or Chelsea sh- running off by. it
2: requires them doing what liverpool did last winter and spring right we're just like inexplicable poor form for two months yeah and then come back because we know they would come back from that right
0: yeah that's right yep
1: i think the worst part is is like i have been leading into every season we've always said like we just want to race for the title yeah and ever since we've been doing this nate and been really following it there hasn't been a single close season it's been liverpool running away or city running away it's So, I mean, just one chase would be awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: And it did feel like this was going to be that year.
0: It really did. It really did. But alas, here we are, city up 10 points at the turn of the year and doesn't really look like they are going to turn back. But really, part of the problem with that is, Chelsea and Liverpool dividing the points among themselves had one of them won we, <laughs> it wouldn't be as dire of a situation but they they take points off each other um Liverpool going up 2-0 some controversy at the beginning of the match uh an elbow uh a Mane elbow to the head um Yellow card given, no red card. A bit of a controversy. Tim, uh, why don't you take it from here?
2: Yeah, I mean, let's. We don't know the rules, right? Or we don't like understand how these decisions are made. Like I look at it and it looks bad, um, but then like, I mean, the commentators or the guys in the studio are like, "Oh, it's close," but yeah, it's a yellow. And then, of course, the Chelsea uh, quotes afterwards are, "Oh, it was a clear red. There was no doubt in my mind." Liverpool, of course, oh, of course that wasn't a red. So it's like, I guess it was close. And, like, it could have maybe gone either way. Um, it's it's weird for Mane to do that and, like, six seconds into the game, too. It's not like a hard-fought game has gotten away from you and you're frustrated, you know. Like, we've seen that in the last few weeks with some players just doing stupid stuff when they're, you know, they're, the game gets away from them. But uh, it was bizarre, especially that early in the game. So I'm glad it was a yellow, I think. Maybe that's right. Maybe it could have been a red, but what do I know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But But it was a great game. Liverpool ends up going up 2-0, which they say is the most dangerous scoreline in soccer. But with Liverpool, you feel like, come on. Like a Klopp coach team, they should be able to to hold that. Um, And then Chelsea comes back with a remarkable goal. I mean, really two good, good goals, but a remarkable goal by Kovacic falling away, kind of jumping and just putting beautiful topspin on the ball. So it kind of just dips over.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kelleher, right. It wasn't even Allison Kelleher's head. And he
2: did. And Kelleher had a great game too, by the way.
0: But Yeah.
2: um, yeah, I mean, it's, what's crazy about it is, to your point, we're not used to Liverpool going up two 0 and then what felt like a loss, right? I was about to say, and then losing the game, but losing yeah, the, right. losing the three points. Yeah, Um, we're not used to that. And and if it had been a one nil victory, well, I guess it was it was uh, Salah's goal is the second one, right? But Salah's goal is like incredible, but of course, like way overshadowed by Kovacic because Kovacic is. I, I watched it again before we started recording Kovacic's goal because, I I mean, it's it's such an incredible goal. So, like, you've got a free kick from an odd angle from the side. Yep. He kind of loops it in, looks, like, right at the right at the keeper. Kelleher it just actually looks like up. a
0: shot, right? Like, that was, a, yeah, like, yeah, it like looks he was like he's trying it's, to get it in. Yeah.
2: Kelleher just knocks it away straight in the air. I think, like, a pretty decent job because at that point, like, the ball's that, that high up. It feels like it hangs in the air forever, and it's so far out. And then Kovacs is just sitting under it and like leans back and with the perfect timing, just that precision. And oh my gosh, what a goal. Um, I mean, it, it was a heartbreaker, but it was a tremendous goal.
0: Yeah. Then Pulisic got on the scoring sheet as well. Captain America. <laughs> the only yeah. American we talk about in this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he scores the, the game tying goal before yeah. the end of the half. And um, both teams had, had more chances, but nothing could really come out out of the rest of the match. Tim, anything else you want to highlight from, from the match?
2: I mean, there were some really good saves by both keepers. It was a frantic first half, especially, and really the whole game. But um, there were some really good saves. Both Mendy had a couple of incredible ones. Kelleher did a really great job. Like, neither of the goals he allowed were cheap ones, right? Like Kovacic or, or Pulisic. So, really good goalkeeping. Um, really exciting game. And it's like, I mean, I feel like it's such a disappointment to be up 2-0, and to and to draw but i have That's to believe that, bridge
0: as well right like, i have to
2: believe though that chelsea is more disappointed in this result than liverpool like going into the game if we would have come out with a point i'd be like i'll take it at chelsea chelsea are the defending european champions like this is a really good team and it's in their ground like i would have taken a point coming out of it and so when we were up two 0 so early i was like oh a blowout i didn't see this happening so, so that's what's the whiplash is. What's hard about it. It's like, Oh, I'm going to reset my expectations. How many more goals can we pile on? Yeah. How much of a statement can we make an embarrassment to Chelsea and then to just lose it, you know, that quickly was a gutting experience.
0: I was talking to our mutual friend and uh, Chelsea fan from uh, season one of the podcast, formerly known as football neophytes. And I was talking with him today. We were talking about the match a little bit. And it's interesting to hear your perspective of Chelsea calling them European champions and him talking about how far off Chelsea is behind Liverpool and city and how oh, he views them as, as the cream of the crop in the premier league. And if Chelsea can just oh, Chelsea,
2: make- the underdogs, I like it. This I is know. some imaginative.
0: <laughs> It's such a plastic way of viewing the world right
2: No I mean it's fair though, right I mean like the last the last few years city has won most of the league titles Liverpool's won one since Chelsea has won right And so so I get it a bit but and it's like it's a, it's a known city squad, it's a known Liverpool squad and it's kind of an emerging Chelsea squad. yeah so in that regard I see what he's saying but it's not well, an underdog story.
0: And no Lukaku this weekend, which we should, we should. (laughs) No, ever again.
1: (laughs) Maybe I, uh, I I did hear
0: some commentary today after the, or maybe it was at halftime of the wolves match. I don't know. At some point they were talking about the Lukaku situation. And uh, one of the guys was saying like, whatever, like it's the Italian media, which I don't know anything about the Italian media. I do know a lot about Italians Coming from a an Italian family, um, and so some of that gregarious, like demonstrative personality, I you could see it being baited a bit. Some of the comments, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so so they were speculating like Tuchel will have a conversation with them. Though it'll be water under the bridge and no big deal, but. Those are those are some pretty pretty strong comments by Lukaku.
2: And even if they're for baited, sure. he took the bait. You know, he like those are bait. some really like really uh incendiary direct quotes.
0: Yeah. Do you guys think Lukaku is there? At the, he'll he'll for he they're not gonna transfer him out in this month, right?
1: I can't not for what they just paid to get him, but like isn't one of the greatest mysteries of soccer the contract like yeah <laughs> you know like there's so much there's so much contract reporting in american sports like we know every detail of every player contract like that stuff gets reported to the league and leaked out to all these people so we know nothing about <laughs> soccer contracts we estimate what we think these guys are getting paid weekly monthly yearly who knows what's in these things that makes them ironclad or voidable or whatnot. Like I don't have the slightest idea. What I will say is Antonio Brown physically did what Lukaku did
0: verbally.
1: <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, man,
0: That's true. I think Lukaku will be there. I think he'll be there for the rest of the year. And unless, unless there's a huge rift, like, he'll probably be there for a couple more years. That's my flinch.
1: Yeah. Well, I know he's definitely not a loved former United player. And so it's funny to see some, some comments of like, most people are like, no, this is who he is. This is just his track record, Uh right? Like he goes somewhere and you think he's amazing. He gives half-assed efforts and then talks his way out of there because he needs to go somewhere else.
0: Did we start talking about but that's but
2: that's not true about how he's played in other countries and other leagues? Yeah. Like he yeah, I, I was just looking at it. I was looking at his stats and like with Inter, he had and, and actually with Everton, he played really well with Everton. Um but I would be shocked if he leaves if he leaves Chelsea, I think he's done with the Premier League. Yeah. He's he gonna won't go play. back to that Italy, is- go back to Italy and score buckets of goals, go to Spain but he won't be in the Premier League anymore, I don't think, once he
1: leaves Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is over for sure.
0: Um, I mean, we'll have to devote some more time to this another time, but we should just mention briefly that we are in the transfer window. It is January. <laughs> There's an opportunity for transfers to happen.
2: Um, Mbappe coming to Liverpool. <laughs> I heard it here
0: first. Oh man. I, yeah, I don't, we'll talk about re- real things. I think okay. um, Obama Yang is pro- probably played his last match with Arsenal with him going out uh, uh, to AFCON. He won't be around. So um, I think it's reasonable to assume he won't be around Arsenal anymore you think he's
2: done done at Arsenal
0: um, I do I think he'll be oh, transferred wow. this January I oh wow maybe that's too I don't know yeah maybe we're a half arsenal well not a half we're a third or a fourth I don't know where Emily's allegiances lie but <laughs> we're th- we're at least a third Arsenal household so I, I I tend to pay attention to them quite a bit and I would be surprised the way they're playing he's not yeah. playing the way they're playing there's great value there um I don't know if he's really a horrible locker room guy, but man, I asked Titus today, would you trade? Cause there's rumors that, uh, that Traore will probably get sold uh, in January. So I asked Titus, would you trade Obama Yang for Treore straight up? Which I don't know. Obama Yang's probably got more value, but he's, he's a lot older than Traore and he said, yes. And I would probably do it too. We need a finisher, but Um. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next month. Newcastle's got money to splash and they're sitting in the relegation zone. Um,
2: It's like they're bringing in Trippier, I heard. Yeah, Yeah, I heard that's a done deal.
0: Yeah. So we can maybe spend some more time on that uh, in a couple of weeks as more more transactions happen. But did want to mention that really briefly. There was another important match today. This is Monday night. And uh, that was the soccer neophytes Derby, Manchester, the original, the OG soccer neophyte Derby. (laughs) a 1030 match here in Phoenix local time. Chris and I both responsible adult men having to work jobs. Uh, Chris may be more responsible. I don't think he was able to watch the match as intently as I was. Uh, I got to watch most of it. Uh, my, my coworker, uh, Katie was sitting right across the way as I yelled. Yes. Uh, as the Giao Matinho strike went in, she, she has seen her handful of those celebrations in the office uh, over Uh the years, but, uh, she laughed because she knew exactly what was happening, but, uh, wolves United match, Chris, I know you didn't, get to totally pay attention to all of it, but I will let you uh, speak first if there's anything you want to say
1: about it. Yeah. So I probably intently saw about 20 minutes and passively saw 70. So I I had it on the whole time, but was working and helping customers who were like wondering why this guy's staring in the lower corner of his desk the whole time (laughs) um but you know from what i saw honestly i think the result was right um it felt every time i looked up wolves were in control pressing and going the other way um united had their fair share of chances bruno hit the post on a wide open net you know he buries that nine out of ten times ronaldo got a header but he was you know a foot offside so if he times has run a little bit better, you know, result there. So, but from what I saw, it really did feel like Wolves controlled this match. Um, just seemed like, I don't know. I, I'm being super patient with this United team at this point. Like it's interesting to see what they do in the transfer window. Cause they have a lot of guys who are asking out. So it'll be interesting to see who they ship, who they don't. Um, to kind of set them up for the summer. But like, you just have to give, uh, Ralphie time like a new manager coming in and trying to do a whole new style from what these guys have been doing for the last three years it's just gonna take time so they got the talent to compete they just don't look like a team yet which was you know their biggest problem under Ola is a massive collection of talent and they were just scoring goals doing their own thing but they never played as a team so I don't know just, just, you know the team feels like it just needs time um, and then you know just I think I saw a stat that this game makes it eight in a row, but the last eight Wolves matches have all ended either one nil or nil nil. There hasn't been more than a single goal scored in the game by both teams, not just by Wolves. Or the like, Wolves are just playing superior defense right now, and it's really showing them when they can score at least one. They're tough to beat.
0: Yeah, I was telling Tim uh, before you got on, Chris, that it felt like vindication a little bit, like not against United particularly, but against how they have played against the big clubs, right? Like lost one nil. There, there is a, a sense of particular vindication after losing one nil at home to United earlier in the year and then getting, which I should say, the first win at Old Trafford for Wolves since 1980. So pretty yeah. pretty significant win for them, uh, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, but, but having you know, losing in the 95th minute to Liverpool 1 0, losing to City 1 0, um, on a bit of a controversial penalty. Um, the 1 0 loss to United earlier in the year. Um, but like I was reflecting back, we've taken seven points off of out of six matches against City, Liverpool, United, West Ham and was that it? I think that was City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Chelsea. So out of those five clubs, we've taken seven points, and our three losses were all 1-0. So, again, it just felt like vindication for how we have played, regardless of controversy. It's just nice to to see Wolves get a win like that, and one where I think you're right, Chris, they did pretty much dominate. Um, One of the commentators said, it looked like Wolves had a plan that they executed, and it looked like uh, United didn't have a plan <laughs> to execute. And so, um, which again, new manager trying to instill all that. And I think again, with all that talent, it is hard to figure out how to put it all together. Um, but yeah, Wolves Wolves looked really good. It was it's great to to see them get a, a victory, get three points out of a match where they played great both, both offensively and defensively. Um, They still, they're not, they're not scoring a lot of goals. So we still lack that kind of finishing touch. That's why I would, I would take an Obama Yang for Traore trade because we need someone who can finish and we just don't have it right now. There was so much action in that 18 yard box early in the match, particularly, and just no one could finish Bruno. You could see it on the sidelines. Excuse me, it was just kind of up in arms. Um, so we'll see. Um uh I don't think we need to spend a ton of time talking about wolves in this AFCON conversation. because uh, we're, oh, we're wait, we're, hang
1: on. I got I got one thing to add on to Wolves United. Yeah. And that is my question to you, Nate's how are you gonna feel this summer when wolves sign Ronaldo? I would, well, that's I would be
0: torn. I'd be torn for sure. (laughs) They really don't like him. I really don't like him, but he's one of the great, I mean, he was like probably the second or third best Portuguese player on the pitch tonight. So, um, you know, to add one of the top two or three best Portuguese players in the world to your team, you know, that's good, but, um, no, I'd be torn, but we have wolves have joked about that for years that, that Ronaldo will finish that Neves and, and Matinho particularly have been trying to recruit him to come, uh, come play with them. So.
1: well, Did you see the press conference earlier this week with Bruno where he said he would welcome Ronaldo?
0: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah that's very funny. Uh, we we'll go Bruno's Portuguese as well. So um, yeah, you don't know how some of that stuff plays out, but no, I would not be, I, I wouldn't, I'd be mixed for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Leading into that Afcon conversation, African Cup of Nations for our fellow neophytes that starts this month. It's, uh, you know, the your it's the African national team monthly competition, uh, delayed because of COVID. So all the African players, or the best African p- players of the Premier League, of which there are very many, are leaving to play for their nations for the next month, and that will certainly have ramifications on the Premier League. Um, we're going to talk about that in a second. I was bringing it up because Wolves' defense, a third of our our center backs um, of our back line is um, is an African. Uh, Romain Sice. He's Moroccan. And so he will be gone. So it'll be interesting to see how Wolves uh, and who Wolves slot into that back line. We've recalled a couple players who are on loan. Um, One of them, Deion Sanderson is a defender. I don't know if he's going back there. Um, It'll be very interesting to see what Wolves will do. One of the natural replacements is a guy named Willie Bali. He's also African, but he's been injured. And I don't even think he's I don't think he's fit to play or gonna be on the national team. So he's kind of out in general. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that back three that's played so exceptional uh going into AFCON.
2: I feel like something has to be said about Deion Sanderson. What a name. prime time.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> How did I not know there's a Deion Sanderson <laughs> is it Deion alive? Sanders Jr. or <laughs>
0: <laughs> how have how, i have literally never thought about and what's even more remarkable is he will certainly whenever he features first he will certainly be in hair watch
2: oh yeah <laughs> with a name like Dion uh, sanderson I'm, i bet
0: he um he doesn't spell his name the same so it's d-i-o-n uh-huh Dion. So spe- i that's amazing. I've never thought of, <laughs> never thought of it. The Deion Sanders uh, amazing. crossover.
1: I, immediately. I was like, we need to get Tim McCarver to England to cover Deion Sanders. <laughs>
0: real mature Dion. real mature. <laughs> I'll just give you a preview. I mean, you know, this, this, I'm full on sucker for this whole. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's kind of a deli ali.
0: A little bit Delhi Ollie's got too much pirate in there it's a little too disheveled this uh-huh, is okay not, this is dialed in all right um, Tim you you I've done a decent amount of research on Afcon who's leaving uh, what teams are going to be most affected but Tim you took it to the next level and so I'm gonna let you you lead us into a breakdown of what teams will be most affected by Afcon
2: okay yeah I hope this is fun. And I'm for sure ready for pushback. So um, so what I did, you gave us this assignment, Nate. You're like, hey, take a look at this. You sent us a link that, had, that listed the players for each club that would be affected. And I think it's like, what is it, 14? No, 16 teams have players that are presumably going. I mean, last-minute injuries could change that and whatever. But uh, 16 teams with players going. And so what I did is I created a spreadsheet. And um, we've got a couple of categories on the spreadsheet that are totally objective, right? So that is how many players do we understand are going to play in AFCON? And then the next column I did was, all right, like to try to understand in a very simple way, each player's importance to that club, I tallied up how many starts are represented. So not a guy who comes in in the 75th minute though we know, like sometimes those players are really valuable players that come in off the bench. But I'm saying if you're a starter, you're your absence is really going to affect the team.
0: Love it. Love so, it.
2: so I multiplied um, or so I got those. So for Arsenal, there are four players and I counted up those four players have a combined 33 starts among them, which is pretty low actually. Oh, so then, so then the next column is how many games these clubs are playing between now and February 6th.
0: Okay. Okay. Including,
2: including cups. Okay. Because those are games, right. That like they are we're, we're a premier league podcast, but cup games. No, totally. If we're talking about how players absence, because your argument, I know Nate is going to be that the big clubs have deeper reserves but they have deeper reserves to play extra tournaments.
0: So they wouldn't even be playing anyways. They wouldn't be playing anyways against um, Tranmere Rovers in third (laughs) round of the FA Cup. So, but I gave you this assignment. I gave you this assignment. So I'll allow, I'll allow it.
2: All right. So number of games ranges for each club from three to five.
0: And I guess it's also
2: possible that some makeup matches could be scheduled during this time during, you know, between now and February 6th, but I'm going on what's already scheduled. So every Are club including is- Including Champions it, League? There's no Champions League until after AFCON.
0: Okay, okay. That, that gives you more credibility in my small team eyes.
2: Okay, yep, yeah. So this is Carabao, Bas- basically Carabao, and then is there FFA. FA in there too? Yeah, FFA Carabao and FA. Yeah. So what I did then was I multiplied the number of starts- by the number of games to be played that's what I'm calling x times g <laughs> and then and then so this is all this is all pretty objective what I've just said is pretty objective yes this is like I looked on the internet and I counted right yeah so then the next column is where it goes 100% subjective and this is one to five how much each club has at stake this next month
0: okay So
2: for their aspirations for and this, and this is the league, what they have at stake in the league for the next month.
0: So So I'm looking at relegation. So a team like Burnley has like a lot at stake. Five.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at relegation. I'm looking at Europe. I'm looking at top four. I'm looking at title.
0: Love it. And
2: kind of like, what are those clubs? There's one other club that has another special, its own category that I think you guys will agree
0: with. Probably a Liverpool category.
2: No, it's not. Well, (laughs) (laughs) the crosstown rivals actually. So then at the end of that, I multiply in parentheses X times G that's one multiplied by they're at stake.
0: I love this. You're speaking my language.
2: Okay. So let's just go across the columns in terms of number of players. There are three teams that have four players going. That's Arsenal palace and Leicester in terms of number of starts palace has the most 53 starts. Liverpool, intuitively
0: intuitively just looking at the list like i'll yeah. just say it intuitively i look at palace and i'm like they're screwed
2: <laughs> yeah totally yeah totally so 53 starts liverpool 45 arsenal 33 lester 31 and watford 30 those are the top five in terms of like
0: starts uh, lost.
2: in terms of how many starts lost yeah so some big and smaller clubs there. All right. So the number of games that they've got to play, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Liverpool have the five. And then and the rest have how many? And, the, and there's five clubs at four, and then the rest are at
0: three. Okay.
2: So if we do starts times – starts missed times games to play, Liverpool's one, Palace is two, Arsenal's three, Leicester's four and Chelsea's five. Now at stake. Here's where it's going to get interesting because this is the subjective part.
0: Does your Chelsea include uh, Zayek?
2: Uh, Chelsea does not include Zayek. So that's, I don't think just he's M- that's
0: just Mendy, and that's they're still just, fit, just losing Mendy
2: because because he's played twenty games. Of course. And they have games
0: coming up. So a hundred, a
2: hundred points right there.
0: Yeah.
2: Cause Zayek's not playing. Right. I don't think he's leaving.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. So in terms of what's at stake again, this is the part that's like, that I definitely want you guys to push back on. Yep. So here are the ones that I've given a five, like on a scale of one to five, one are the clubs that don't have much at stake. Yep. Five are the ones that have a lot at stake. Okay. I've got Arsenal at a five. They're fighting for the top four. Yep. If they drop off this month, it'll be really hard for them to come back. Yep. We're going alphabetical here. Burnley, I have got at five
0: because yep.
2: they're in the relegation. They've got relegation concerns. Watford, also a five. Yep. And I've got West Ham at a five because of top because of aspirations. Yep. So then moving down to the ones I've got at four, I've got Chelsea at a four because they're in the title hunt, theoretically still. Um, if,
0: if, let me ask you this question, if, if there were still only like two points or four points separating city, Chelsea and Liverpool, would you have given them Chelsea and Liverpool fives?
2: I think I probably would have, if it felt like it was like, they're right on the cusp and by dropping points, they're going to be falling back. I'm like, they don't really, at this point have to worry about falling out of the top four. Yeah. Um, at this point, I mean, that's possible. It's close. The gap is closing. Yeah, but I put I put Chelsea and Liverpool both at 4 because there's still a lot at stake.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I've got Man United also at 4. Yep. Because of top 4 aspirations. Yeah. And I've got Wolves at 4 because of Europe aspirations.
0: Yep. That's fine. That's fair.
2: And then the one other club that I've got at 4 that maybe should be at 3 is Everton just because they're so drastically underperforming expectations and Rafa could be fired if they lose this month. yeah. So, I mean, we could go into the other clubs that I've got at threes and twos, but here's, here's where like, maybe my calculations are totally wrong, but in terms of what's at stake, I have crystal palace at one. Like, what do they actually have at stake this month? Yeah. Nobody expected them to compete for Europe. Yeah. And they're not in danger of relegation. Yeah. They're kind of just middling right. Mid table. Like they're doing better than I thought they would. Um, I looked at our other preseason predictions and I think Chris, you had them getting relegated. Others had them like 13,
0: 15, yeah. 11. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably. Fair. So why I'm curious, why didn't you give Newcastle Norwich or Watford or Newcastle or Newcastle not
2: Newcastle and Norwich don't have players going.
0: Oh, okay. So it'd be time. Yeah, zero so there's clock,
2: four, so. there's four teams that don't have, uh, Who are the four
0: kind of teams? Go. It's like Spurs, Newcastle, Spurs,
2: Newcastle, Norwich and
0: hmm. I have it in my notes. Leeds. Leeds. Yep. Okay. So that makes sense. Man, that's And then the
2: and then the rest that I haven't named are 2s and 3s kind of just based on like do they really have anything to worry about? Like a Brighton's a 3 because it's like you're kind of just in the middle. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um Anyway, so you can
0: probably give Brighton a four. I think I think that would be something I would argue. They're only one point behind Wolves. Um, they've played the same amount of matches. I think if you asked a Brighton fan right now, um, I think probably Brighton and Leicester should have fours because Leicester has two games in, or has a has a couple games in hand. Um. So okay. really, you should probably consider. Uh, Wolverhampton, Brighton and Leicester as, as European contention.
2: All right. So that, even if
0: it's just the, the conference league, you know, position at number seven.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because Europe, I think the, the impact on qualifying for Europe is not as great as qualifying for the champions league, but it's still a huge deal for clubs. Well, and it's a huge
0: deal for, particularly for Wolverhampton and Brighton. I think if Leicester sure. finishes seventh, that's probably disappointing for them. Um, even though not like they have higher aspirations than that as a club, but um, I would give them fours. It's probably fair to give them fours. I would argue. So the so the fours we've got to review are Brighton,
2: uh, Chelsea. Everton, do you agree with that because of Rafa?
0: Yeah, for sure. And they're 15th, which is yeah. just unacceptable for them.
2: Leicester at four, Liverpool at four, Man United at four, yep. and Wolves at four.
0: Yep, I think that's fair.
2: All right, so based on this, the, the S times G times AS equation gives us a 900 for Liverpool. And 825 for Arsenal. Um, Now, we did some different calculations. So, Leicester, 496. Watford, 450. Chelsea, 400. And then West Ham,
0: 360. So, Liverpool, Arsenal. Who is third?
1: Liverpool, Arsenal. Then
2: Leicester moves into third. So Liverpool at nine hundred, Arsenal at eight twenty-five, Wat. Uh, sorry, Leicester at four ninety-six, Watford at four fifty, and West Ham. Sorry, Chelsea at four hundred and West Ham at three sixty. So again, this is this is multiplying objective stuff by subjective, and it's weighting each of these equally. So like yeah. mathematicians would for sure like have a field day with this, but, and, and I'll say, I went into it and I, I told you this before the call. I was like, all right, there is part of me that's like, man, Liverpool is going to be missing Mane, Sala, and Keda. That's, that's like a massive loss. And then when I looked at the sheet and I saw Palace, I thought, Oh, Palace, the impact on Palace is greater.
0: Yeah. But they don't the have much. The only thing to- is
2: they don't have much to lose or gain this month.
0: What did Wolves – I'm curious since Wolves and, and Manchester yep. United. Wolves
2: came in at 228 um, because they had, they had a decent number of starts times starts. games. I mean, it was really 19 starts, three games. So that's – I mean, only playing three games. And 19 is really like kind of middle of the pack in terms of starts lost. And then – but, it, but four at stake. So that's what bumped them up that high. The others around yeah. them, Palace was right below them at 212. Um, Southampton at 264, right above them. So United is the lowest number, 36. Even though they have a four of what's at stake.
0: But they just don't have many starters. <laughs> but they have either.
2: two players who have made a combined um, three
0: starts. Yeah, they, neither of those guys are starters. So Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And
2: they, and they only have three games coming up.
1: Are the you sure
0: those was, game numbers are correct? I mean, this is maybe not for the podcast for us to totally go into, but it feels like Wolves should have more than that with a cup game because Wolves have a cup game over the weekend. No, that
2: inc- that includes a cup game.
0: It does. Okay. No, I, I, I trust that you do. I, I, was just I typed
2: in, these are just the Google schedules. Um, yeah. And I type in the Google schedule yep. and I just looked everything up through February 6th. And this is also like, they're, there are teams that play February 8th. And so someone who's if someone plays in the final of AFCON, they're probably not playing February 8th. But some of these players could get knocked out of the tournament early. Their countries could get knocked out early, and they could be back sooner. So I didn't I factor didn't realize, in,
0: that in I didn't realize there was another break at the end of January. So I don't uh-huh. know if that's another FA Cup break or if, or if that's an international break, but that final weekend of January is is free of, of premier league matches. Again, there could
2: be other stuff that gets scheduled there, but it's, I took what's scheduled right now.
0: No, Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And that makes sense. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of other factors that go into it, but, but that seems fair. It feels like obviously because of the firepower of Liverpool that they're losing that it's certainly it's, it's not hard to argue. Um, Arsenal as well um it'll be good to re- revisit this at the end of it the beginning of february and just see like yeah who did drop the most points who who was there a surprise team that did did way worse and then what
2: it's pop. sorry go
0: ahead i was just gonna say and what what players step up like is yeah. diogo jata gonna end up with you know, five goals over, over the next month, you know, someone's got a score yeah. for them. Um, who's going to step up in the absence of these players. Are wolves going to go on a horrible run because we don't realize even though their scores down is that interplay between sice Kilman and Cody at the back. So yeah. integral in the way they've formed this just stellar back line that throwing a new guy back there is going to disrupt that. It'll be interesting to see.
2: And I think it'll be interesting to see how players perform at Afcon and if that gives any player a boost coming back, um, or which players get injured in Afcon and then the absence, you know, is prolonged. But I also had the thought, even though Arsenal was that scored that high, it could be good. Like if Aubameyang goes and has an incredible tournament for Gabon, like that could be great, whether if it's for his transfer value or for his future at Arsenal. So be a lot to, lots to unpack there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it will be. It's very, very interesting. Um, and yeah, and the impact on Arsenal if if Aubameyang starts are all towards the beginning of the season when they were losing, you yeah. know, like the, there's, you could yeah. obviously make the make yep. the, the equation much much more complex, you know. And but, this
2: was really the starts was was the best metric I could get with my understanding of the game. Like in baseball, you've got WAR, right? Wins yeah. above replacement that would have been the thing we would have done in base if this were happening in baseball, like what's the war of these players. And then like multiply that by how many games they would be missing or whatever. Right. To try to like gauge value. So I, so starts feels like the best gauge because you can't do goals. You can't do assists because there are defenders and midfielders and goalkeepers who have incredible value, but that don't show up statistically. So I have to say if, if a player is starting regularly for their club, We have to believe that player is vital for that club.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. That's very fair. Well, we'll revisit that in February and see what happens. We do have some other things to talk about. Uh, There were some red cards this weekend. Uh, Midweek, Salisu for Southampton had a double yellow. But the more significant one and – is the Gabriel double yellow against city, which we didn't mention earlier. Uh, Gabriel got double yellow. Uh, you know, when a guy gets like his second yellow and it's not controversial, like Raul, when he got that double yellow was just like beside himself. It took him forever to leave the pitch. Part of it was because he knew how stupid it was. Gabriel, when he got the second, <laughs> second yellow. And I think Salisu as well, they both just walked straight off the pitch. Like, there was like no argument. Like they knew what they did was, was wrong. And uh so WL, but what's significant about the Gabrielle one is that's the hundredth red card for Arsenal in the premier league, which is the most all time. That's certainly yeah. not top flight. I think that's just premier league red cards, but Hundredth uh, Premier League red card for Arsenal
2: in thirty seasons.
0: In thirty seasons, wow! But we already talked about six, so we don't need to talk about that as well uh, again. But goal for for our American, which is always nice. Um, goal of the week. I I have a whole bunch listed here. There were some just really beautiful goals um and we didn't talk where was burnley on your list for for relegation where did their number come in at
2: i think ha- we gave them a five no yeah gave them a they five. should have had a five yeah yeah because of relegation
0: yeah but what was their what was their final score i mean
2: 120
0: 120 they so just they had have a very list.
2: low they have one player who started eight games
0: uh-huh and they but is it who is out. it
2: uh let's look
0: i th- i think it's is it corne it's
2: bes- uh it's corne yeah
0: it's corne so that's the other thing like weighting a player's value to their team because so, corne well, be careful
2: when you do that right because like yeah. well, how do course. you weight mo salah
0: no of course no i i'm just saying like a guy yeah, like yeah. Cornet has just been a revelation this year for yeah. burnley and yeah, he yeah. had just an amazing free kick around the wall uh, this week. And it's just been really, really stellar. Um, and Burnley, that's not good for them.
2: Has, has he been injured a lot? I wonder why he only has eight starts
0: No, I or think has he, he just
2: kind of worked his way into the starting role?
0: I think, I think that's why I think he's just like over, it, I wouldn't be surprised if he started the last eight matches, like Got he's it. kind of worked himself in, but, cool. um, we talked about the COVID, Kovacic won as well. Any other goals that stood out for you guys this weekend?
2: Kovacic for me, of the ones I saw.
0: Yeah.
1: Same, Kovacic.
0: We talked about Mendy having some great saves. Kelleher had some decent ones. Um, the Guida for Crystal Palace, even though it didn't matter really for them for the results, he had this like triple save. Like
2: Yeah, I saw that one too
0: fallen down, gets like the, the initial save, then is kind of fallen down, tips the ball away, then has a guy on top of him who he kind of shrugs off and gets up just in time to like to glove glove another one away. That was probably probably the best like little sequence because of just how crazy it was with bodies all around him. Yeah. Um let's jump straight into lock it in. Review. Um, I had Liverpool over Leicester midweek. That was a loss. I had Spurs over Watford, uh, which was a win, which takes me to 13 and five. Uh, Tim, you had Chelsea over Brighton, which was a loss when, even though they drew, you also have, you had United over Wolves. Shame on you. That drops you to 12 and seven and Chris rode the city bus to two victories over Brentford and Arsenal to take him over 500 for, I don't know if you lost the first week, but uh, it's been a long time since you've, you've sniffed five, uh, 500. So you are now at 10 and nine. Um, you lost the first week, Chris, and you lost the second week. So this is probably the first time you've been above 500 all <laughs> season. So well done on that. Um, Chris, who do you have this week?
1: Look, guys, there's a few things that I guarantee in life. the taxes, city running away with this title, and Chris riding the city bus for the rest of the year, okay? I told you guys that I was doing this until I wasn't allowed to. So until they play a bottom three team, I'm riding the city bus. Uh, it's Manchester City over Chelsea this week.
0: Such a bull. I mean, wow. you, you are a man of your word.
2: A man of conviction.
1: Yes. And let us not forget, this is how I do this, okay? I get down big to give you guys a little bit of like an ego and, and build your gravitas and all that good stuff. And then I come back because I'm going to ride the city bus for a month and a half and I'm going to be within one game.
0: Love it. Tim, who are you taking?
2: I'm taking Liverpool over Brentford. Even though Liverpool will be down those aforementioned 900 points and Brentford will only be down 120. Yes. I'm taking Liverpool over Brentford.
0: Taking them. I get one of my games in hand is on the 11th, Brentford plays Southampton. I picked that a while ago. I took Brentford over Southampton and I'm going with the Southampton double dip and I'm taking (laughs) Wolves over Southampton in the weekend. So Brentford over Southampton, which is a makeup for an earlier pick I made and Wolves over Southampton uh, after the break.
1: Are you going to hammer the correct score bet on that one? Because it's going to be one nil.
0: You know it's funny you say that, Chris. Um, I withdrew the five hundred and thirty dollars I won from from that betting site, put that into my account. That's been another strategy to not lose all my money is to just withdraw when I win big and then just play with the money I have left in my other account. And since I lost all of my NFL bets this weekend, I had $0 in my other account, but had I had some money, I probably would have thrown five or 10 bucks on a one nil wolves win because the odds would have been so good, but, um, I don't know. I have to decide what I'm going to do next, uh, on my betting, but a one nil, a one nil win is a good bet for wolves.
2: That England trip's not going to pay for itself. You got to fund it somehow.
0: It's not going to pay for itself. We have a break. It's not an international break. It's an FA Cup break. So there are a lot of matches coming up over the weekend, but since they are not Premier League official matches, we will be taking a break. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks, but there are a couple good matches uh, to look at. Chris, Already mentioned City versus Chelsea. That will be important, especially. No, no,
1: no. I I'm, I mentioned City over Chelsea.
0: <laughs> you did mention City over Chelsea, <laughs> for our sake and for the sake of our our Premier League fandom and wishing for a uh, better title race. I'll be rooting for Chelsea in that match, but um, also the North London Derby: Arsenal and Tottenham. Arsenal. Number two in Tim's very detailed Cybermetrics metrics, uh,
2: uh,
0: algorithm will be facing- No, I think
2: Cybermetrics Ar- is right, because it was basically just Googling stuff.
0: <laughs> Cybermetrics, Tim Tim Hoyland's Cybermetrics Arsenal uh, with the second most affected by AFCON facing Tottenham, one of the four teams who are losing no one. So that'll be an interesting match to, to see as well. So we'll be looking out for that in two weeks, but gentlemen, that is all we have for now. After a flurry of matches, we do get a little bit of a break. And so we can breathe. Some of us have easier matches than others during the, uh, the FA cup first round, uh, wolves face Sheffield United this weekend at home. Uh, who do you guys got?
2: Uh, we've got arsenal in is it the is it the fa or is it the uh the we have
0: arsenal and carabao but this We've week- arsenal
2: and carabao.
0: But this weekend is uh FA Cup third round.
2: Who do we have in that? There's
0: lots of fingers uh typing right Shrewsbury. now.
2: Shrewsbury Real fans know.
0: Real fans know.
2: Sorry, I, my apologies to the fans of Shrewsbury. You
0: just play in so you play in so many cups, Tim. There's just I'm just so such
2: many. a I'm just such a clopite that I'm like, you know, if you're Shrewsbury, you're not sending anybody to Europe.
0: You're so affected by you're not even affected at all by Afcon if you're Shrewsbury. I feel like Man United has a tough draw, don't they?
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa team. That's
0: right. I think United has back to back. It's like one of those like seems to happen every year where you get a back to back. I think they play Villa uh, in F.A. And then I'm pretty sure they play Villa
1: again in the league. Yeah. So they play on January 10th at Old Trafford. And then January 15th is at Old, Old Villa.
0: Yep. That, that sounds about right. And I mean, I don't know if this matters and who, who knows what will happen with, with United's team, but United had two, two yellow cards. Well, they had multiple yellow cards today, but uh, they had a couple, a couple of the yellow cards were uh, effect had effect. So at McTominay, I think it was his fifth. And I think Luke Shaw uh, got his fifth yellow card. So I think they both missed the Aston Villa match. Is that good or bad, Tim, uh, Chris?
1: Um, it's not great. McTominay, sadly, will probably be replaced by Fred. So that's terrible.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll uh, get a yellow or two. Then
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Luke Shaw uh, uh, is a little bit more of a stinger, but Alex Tellis is a pretty good backup. But Luke was awesome last year and he has been pretty mediocre this year. So I don't know. Whatever whatever
0: that's a great way to end the podcast uh (laughs) gentlemen glazers out yeah if they're still out
2: they're out